Happy National Coming Out Day to all of my LGBTQ plus followers. Today is your day and this episode is dedicated to you. You deserve your flowers. Today on the show, we have Jahari, a 20-something year old who is living in his authentic truth. Hey, Bria, thank you for allowing me to use your platform. I'm doing great. Um, I can honestly, I can't complain. Um, I'm doing good. Although we're in a pandemic, I'm trying to find new ways and new things to keep my headspace up and great, but I'm doing great. That's good. So are y'all having any um, rain? Because Hurricane Sally has brought the rain our way. So are y'all getting any of that? It's currently raining right now <laughs> as we speak. So, yes, it is definitely raining right now. Well, you be safe. But before we get started and getting to know you a little bit more, uh, we're going to play a game of would you rather. Would you rather spend the holidays with people you dislike or your ex? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, I would say spend the holidays with the ex. Cause, shoot, I already know who the person is, you know, familiar with it. People I don't dislike. I don't have no current people that I don't dislike, but it's the holidays. I'm trying to be in a good mood, you know. I'd rather be with somebody at least I can be cordial with, you know, uh, than people that yeah. <laughs> I don't people love. Right. You gotta look at side eyes. Look right. <laughs> so would you rather never be able to speak again or would you want to say everything on your mind? Hmm. I think to be able to say whatever's on my mind because I feel like I'm all about transparency and, you know, telling it, telling it like it is. And, hey, I'd rather say what I got to say than, you know, not being able to speak. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely be able to speak. I'm with that. <laughs> and that's what your episode is about, transparency, being able to speak what's on your mind. So without further ado, um, for those who are new to Surviving 20s, this is a platform for all individuals in their 20s who are living in their truth, discovering what that may be or redefining that. For you, when did you realize that you wasn't living in your truth? How did you find out that you need to start being more honest with yourself? So I would say, I feel like every day that's a, that's a, that's a struggle for me. I think that, because um, it's kind of hard, honestly. Um, I would say, as far as my sexuality, that was that was a difficult discovery for myself um, because I was trying to figure out who I was as a person and things like that. Um, glad that I was able to figure out everything and and I'm still figuring out a lot of stuff because I, I'm still young, still growing, still learning. But I think that it's an everyday struggle. Um, so I feel like, I guess I'll start with yeah, I, I guess living my truth, coming out and being who I am today, I felt like that was a step into me tapping into my greater me and me today. So um, I came out my freshman year of college, actually next month. It makes three years. Um, and it was a big thing for me. I felt like I was living in untruth because I was not necessarily living a lie, but I didn't. I wasn't comfortable in the skin that I was in. I felt as though I was hiding something 
but it was shame as well. Like I didn't know it was, I feel like it was a level of shame or would I have the support, you know, to continue to allow me to thrive and be my best self. Um, and the most support that I was leaning towards was definitely my parents and, you know, God and all that good stuff. Um, so when I came out to my parents, they actually was doing my homecoming. I attend North Carolina Auntie. Um, I came out, Aggie Pride. <laughs> I came out um, actually doing IG Hub my freshman year. I called my mom and was like, um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm gay. Um, and she definitely, she she understood. I felt like she she was waiting on me. Hey, everybody was yeah. waiting on me. And it was just like a, it was a, um, a sigh of relief because it was like, wow, okay. Um, I don't have to prove myself or anything like that. So we definitely shared tears, um, great conversation and things of that nature. But I think that support, um, as well as, you know, my father having the support to uh, allow me to, you know, still be me and live my life because, hey, I'm grown at this point. Um, but I think that their level of support and reassurance gave me the okie doke and okay to be comfortable in the skin that I'm in, but also knowing that they have my back no matter what. So I think that was something that I really was longing for and seeking to have that. That definitely opened my eyes. Um, to, 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 it gave me that, that fire to that flame I was missing. That's all I needed um, from them was a, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and I was, so, <laughs> that's what that was for me. Okay, great. So I know um, when you did your form, you were saying about your lens as a black man, especially in our community. So I know that you said once you got that support from your family on and popping, but before having that confirmation, what was it like, like being growing up, you know, especially in the South or in North Carolina and having to deal with people especially in our community were they treating you a certain way or were people saying things how was it yeah so i am from the south <laughs> so was north carolina um yeah so growing up in like um middle school and elementary i hung around a lot of females um that was something that was you know uh, jari hung around with all the females and that was something that you know people knew was the way i grew up i have a lot of brothers and stuff like that but i always lean towards females um that was just something for me. Um, when I was in elementary school, it really, nobody really talked about, you know, being gay and stuff like that. I think it was more, we just playing, we having a good time, and we're at school. I think it's when you got to middle school, it was more of that stage. Of, that's the awkward stage. Um, growing up, I feel like everybody is trying to find themselves. You're in different friend groups and things like that, but I think that's where I've seen more of the people, you know, judging or, you know, calling me something that I didn't know if I was myself um, yet. So I think that's most where I got most of that from and maybe a little bit in high school. But I think that I never took it, you know, I never read into it too deep. I just was like, okay, whatever, you know. I wasn't dating at the time, so it was, I never was proving it to be true or anything like that. But I think that I was just going with the flow of life. Like, I hung around a lot of pretty females. I was always in a good mood, happy, positive, and I was doing things that, you know, people didn't have the courage or, you know, were not comfortable with during that time. So I think that those certain situations made me realize, now that I'm looking back, like, dang, I wonder if I would have came out in the past, how would I be now as a person? 
Um, mm. And I don't think I would be, you know, as positive and as, you know, in a different headspace. I mean, had I discovered myself um, prior to college. So I'm just, you know, I, I'm thankful for the journey. And I'm thankful that it hasn't when it has been. But, um, yeah. Also, along your journey, like, what kind of reconfirmed it, truly confirmed, like, you know what, this is who I am, and that's okay? Um, I think that just, like, I don't know. I think it was, like, me just liking what I like, you know. I, I, I still did like females at the time as well, so it was just like, okay, you're cute or you're not cute, you know. Uh, <laughs> wasn't much of a sexual attraction yet, but I think that it was more of, like, hold on, do I like this or do I don't? Um, and I was trying to figure out what these feelings were because um, we were talking about certain things, you know, in the household and what love is and things like that. We weren't having those type of conversations, especially 12, 13, 14 years old. I'm not talking about that. So I think I just was just trying to figure it out on my own. I'm just being honest. Um and I think that when I was getting into different situations or meeting people, and I was like, wow, I think this is something that I may like or this is something that, you know, this is different um, and stuff like that. So I think that definitely took a while or some time or, you know, me meeting people and figuring out what I like and what I don't like. Did you ever feel like you had to choose? Like, I, you have to like women or me? Um... No, because I never really, like, I don't know. I think that as I, so I didn't date um, in high school, period. So I think that was a time I probably was like, okay, well, I'm not even, like, I wasn't even, I think I, like, maybe entertained a few people, but I never took it serious to be like, okay, I'm getting serious with you. So I never had to choose. I think it was more of a, like, I think this is what it is. And it just kind of was natural. But I kind of did. I was I didn't like mess with one or mess with the other and be like, okay, I know what I want. I know what I don't want. But I think it just just happened and it fell into place for me. So how was your journey in college? Because I know that you are a social worker. But how how was your dating life in college? <laughs> the dating life is very much non-existent. <laughs> um, no, I think that. I'm 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 open. I'm single. I'm dating around. I'm you know talking. I'm meeting new people. Definitely. I think that I'm in a space mentally where I'm trying to hustle right now. Like I'm about to finish school. I plan on going to grad school. Like I feel like I'm in career preparation. You know, like I'm just trying to make sure that I'm secure in my future and whatever is for me is for me. So I haven't really like I'm open to dating, but right now I think it's it's not my season. I think that you know dating has its times and its seasons, but I think that I have met people that could have been you know potential people, but I think it was the wrong time. Um, and then I if I feel like it's not a person that is worth it, or I feel like the situation is not the right time, I usually fall back. I'll cut them off, but I think I'm just in a space of let me work on me, let me be my best self, let me handle traumas and triggers and everything else, and let me meet you where you're at and let me find, you know, what's for me. But right now, I'm just chilling and living life. <laughs> well, ain't nothing wrong with that with your social work anthem. Let me be where you are. Okay, I see you, social work. I see you. <laughs> I know 
that you said that you have a lot of brothers. Um, <laughs> so how is it with them? Like, do y'all still kid? Do they? How is it with your brothers? Yeah. So um, I'm like one of the so like, out of my mom and dad's side. Like I'm I'm the only person person that I know that is openly out and you know LGBT. Um, my brothers. Um, they're straight heterosexual males so they're like they support me they love me we don't really talk about you know yeah certain stuff but that's fine because I don't you know I don't tell them about certain things but I think they're supportive you know they got my back um but it's different conversations I'm more of like the school person my other brothers are like sports and all of that good stuff and I'm not I'm not into that um stuff but they definitely are supportive and they they already knew as well so nothing was like Oh, we're disowning you, or we don't support you. It's just more, we see you, we understand you, we still love you, and we're going to continue to go to back for you. So it's been love. I also have younger siblings, too, that's like 10, 9, and 12. Um, I think, I haven't told them, I will say that, I haven't told them, but they are smart, I will say that, and I think that (laughs) they have picked up on it, but I think I allow kids to, you know, explore and let them, you know, I don't think that I'm going to, I'm gonna let them figure it out and I feel like when I when I think that they're old enough or able to have that conversation or willing to ask me then definitely yes but I feel like at that age I wasn't even worried about what is what and who was who um but I have heard my sister um ask or inquire from to other people and she hasn't she hasn't necessarily asked me but she know she know what it is but (laughs) it's funny that that they are you know in tune and then are asking or looking for or you know just trying to figure out what's going on so yeah how are you I know that you said you know you're focusing on yourself and you your career oriented school everything like that but what are you go to heal or how do you take time out for you (laughs) (laughs) so I'm really big on self-care um I try to definitely try to practice what I preach um so my sophomore year, that's when I started, like, going to counseling, getting healing, and, you know, just trying to figure out what my toxic traits are and how can I heal from childhood traumas and things of that nature. So reaching out to their, my therapist is a social worker herself, so she is a huge support. Um, I journal, I pray, I meditate, I reflect. I reach out to other people that are in the field or um, mentors and things like that. My circle is something that keeps me together so when I'm feeling like okay I had to text my friends the other day like it's senior year it's kicking us already they like <laughs> same so we, I just try to have like people that get it understand and that can help me pull through and I can help them vice versa um but those are my support systems uh, my family and friends those are my go-tos that keep me in check of knowing what's my reason and they continue to motivate me to keep going. So I have to always remember what's the reason and okay. my why. <laughs> yeah, yes, you got to know that why. So what were some toxic traits that you that you learned when you went to therapy about yourself? Oh, so what I've learned was that sometimes huh, I learned that I found out that I got a little anxiety. So I was like, huh, anxiety? <laughs> My therapist broke me down, like, everybody has anxiety. I was like, oh, I thought this was regular life. You know, I'm staying up late. I'm, you know, doing everything, <laughs> thinking I'm, you know, killing it. Um, and she had to bring me back to realize, realization that you have to take better care of yourself. And when she told me that, now that we're in a pandemic, 
I'm actually putting into practice of what she had told me to do. Um, which we came, we did like a plan of action type thing with like journaling, exercising, you know, saying no and stuff like that. But I think what I've learned was, <clears throat> I wouldn't say this is a toxic trait. One thing that I did learn was I wasn't the blame. I can't self blame. Yeah. Um, that was something I learned that some things were not in my control. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the reason why certain things, but I think that sometimes I was questioning, was I the reason or was it me? Was it me? And it wasn't. Um, and when she made me realize that, I was like, dang, I get it. <laughs> you were a child. <laughs> um, so things like that. And I was just like, why, 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 why? And I had to, I had to really like, healing is a lie. You know, we run from it and we're like, uh, do we really need to do this work? But it's a lot of work that goes into it. And sometimes I was running from it because it was getting so heavy. But mm-hmm. you have to get through it. So um, I, that was one thing I did. Like, stop blaming yourself for things that you had no control over. And that, you know, <clears throat> it was out of your hands. So that is something that I had realized. And that is more to other things that as a child, you wouldn't realize until you're adult. And you're like, okay, I get it. Now that I'm older, okay, I get it now. I get it. So that's my thing now. <laughs> definitely and I'm glad you said something about healing because on social media everyone makes healing like it's so beautiful oh you know you meditate in the sun or you might write in your journal when in reality you crying you trying to figure out why does it still hurt after 20 some odd years or 10 some odd years and it's like yeah healing hurts Preach. like in order to get through, in order to get over it, you got to get through it. And you got to acknowledge what made you feel that type of way, you know? So I'm glad that you are aware. Thank you. You're welcome. You're you're more than welcome. Do you have any friends or people that come up to you and just find, like, peace while they're around you? Whether that's someone that's like, hey, you know, I'm afraid to tell my parents. Or just someone that's just, your energy is so vibrant, like, do you find that more often since you've been on your journey? Yes. So, I, especially my friends that come up to me. One of my best friends, she's a social worker as, as well. We go to the same school. So, she's a future social worker. And she had told me, um, I think it was last semester, she was like, Jari, you really inspired me. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm just living life doing, you know, doing the things that, that is normal to me. I feel like sometimes I don't give myself enough credit or praise myself that, hey, you are really out here working and doing the thing. And to me, it's regular and it's normal for me because it's something I've been doing. But for people to recognize and say, no, you're really doing great things. I think that is something that, you know, it's something that touches the soul. Um, I would say also with strangers, I know during the pandemic, when I was out and about, um, there were people that didn't even know me from a can of paint, but they were like, you bring a light into the room, you know, just speaking over my life and things like that as like, keep going, doing the things that you're doing. I don't know you personally, but just you coming into the room, I know that you're doing great things. And I know that, you know, that you're going to change the world. And that, you know, somebody that don't even know you, like, oh my goodness, you're saying all the right things that I already know for myself. But for you to see it in me, you know, I I love that as well. So I see that all the time, you know, and that keeps me going. And I was actually reading this book today um, by Brene Brown. She's a social worker as well. I'm just doing some healing right now, and I was just like, I just thought I was getting tearing up while I was reading, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a lot, honestly, but I'm just trying to work on myself to be better, and just to love everybody, you know, and, and appreciate people for who they are, but also help to, you know, 
bring about change and yeah. shift rooms and conversation as well. So that's what I mean. So let me ask you this. How are you loving when we're going through, like you said, a pandemic, we're also going through, you know, police brutality and mm-hmm. then for um, an African-American male that identifies as gay, mm-hmm. you know, majority of the time on the front line is black women um, and black gay males or transgender males that's on the front line, you know, advocating for us and you don't always receive that love. How are you creating that atmosphere for yourself? Right. So um, I was actually um, protesting in on the front lines during the uh, pandemic, actually. Um, you know, with the, the city was all different. All cities across the U.S. and, and other countries were, you know, protesting, you know, as a social worker. We got to do what we got to do. I'm out there in the streets and I'm coming there with it. Uh, so I definitely was out there. I think that even for me personally, it's, it's social work is a female dominated field. It's not a lot of males. Um, it's not even a lot of black males in certain spaces. And I'm starting to appreciate, you know, me being in certain rooms that people are not even going to, you know, haven't even touched or been allowed in. Um, but I'm still able to be heard and spread the message. So I think also just knowing that, hey, let me make sure that I'm using my time and my space and my words wisely to hopefully transpire change or inspire somebody else to also step into the room um, and be bold and be true. But I try to just, you know, be me um, and also be passionate about my work. And I think that what really helps me stand out that, hey, Jairi don't come to play, especially don't come, I don't play about social work, period, but um, I think that that's what it is, like, just me um, stepping outside of my comfort zone, showing up and showing out, and just being visible and knowing that, hey, I might be a black male, I might be gay, but I'm still going to be here anyway, Um, so that's what it is with me, so just knowing your inner power, what you have, and nobody can stop what you have. Okay. Like, I know that's <laughs> so when you hear surviving twenties, what does that mean to you? Girl, surviving twenties. I I can't even remember how I came across this podcast, but I was in a season of let me hear some good stuff on my way to my internship this summer. I think that's when I had came across it. But surviving twenties to me means taking a day at a time, giving myself grace, learning, growing, going through it, um, healing, um shifting conversations challenging yourself, um, opening your mind to new th- ways of thinking. Um, a lot of, uh, so much good stuff. I feel like I'm just stepping into my 20s, so I can't even attest to the things that I haven't even seen yet, but I can say that growth, uh, maturity, healing, all of that good stuff. I think that p- this podcast are really topics that I, you know, topics that I'm not even going to be able to experience, but I'm able to, I'm able to understand and be like, wow, I didn't know this happened, or wow, I can't wait, you know, to see this part of, wow, is this really going to happen to me? Um, but I love <laughs> that, you know, people are honest and they're sharing their story and that they are, you know, being real and authentic. And that's what it takes to like, hey, I've been here before. I understand and I get it. And I overcame and I overcome and I'm on a whole different level now. And I think that's what we need during this day and time. And I'm starting your podcast too, girl. So say something. You will be a guest. <laughs> yes. Let me know if you need any help. Um, I'm all about support, and I'm definitely about you know people in those twenties that's trying to do it. Like we got to stick together. We do. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for being on the show and thank for you. your future podcast. Where can we find you? Yeah. Hold on. 
we ain't dropping it yet. So that was the, well, that was the teaser. So um, I plan on dropping in my birthday or twenty twenty one. I'm definitely gonna you know I got your I got your social media. I got your stuff. So I'm definitely gonna keep you in touch and in tune. But um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yes, that's what we love to hear. With thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Um, 